Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I'm excited for this year, 2022. It's got to be better than last year, right? So, so happy new year to everyone that is here. And I hope that you still have some dreams and some exciting visions and things inside of your heart. I, I think that around about this time, come on, everybody knows, around about this time of the year, uh, it is such a reflective time. Oftentimes we're looking back and thinking on everything that's happened over the last 12 months. Maybe this year we're thinking about the last couple of years, but it is a really good time for thinking back and reflecting why? Because oftentimes what we want to do is we want to set goals for our future. We start to think about this time. What do we call it? What do we call it? New Year's resolution, right? New Year's resolution. I am resolute that this year I'm going to change some things. And it's, it's a good, I think it's a good idea to have some vision, some goals for your life. I asked my kids, I said, guys, what's, uh, what's, what's, do you have any New Year's resolutions? When we explained what that meant to them, uh, they had uh, not much going on there in, in, in that way. But they said, we're going to work really hard this year at school. I was like, what are you doing last year then? You know, like, but, uh, but yeah, they're setting plans. And, you know, I feel like if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, I, 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 don't know, I don't know if anybody's ever done a study on this. I don't know what it would be statistically, but I would say that there are millions and millions and millions of Christian people saying, this year, I am really going to read my Bible. I am, nope, this is the year. This year, I will read my Bible and I'm going to commit to it. And I, I'm going to get past March, at least reading it every day. I, I, I will stick with it this year. I'm going to do it. There are millions of people that are recommitting themselves to those things. And uh, it's not just that. There are even more people than that saying, this year, I will actually exercise. I will go to the gym. I am going to stick with that meal plan. This is it. This is my year. This is my season because people are making plans. We reflect. And you know, part of the reason why we do that is because I guess around about at the end of the year, we stop, we, we, we you know, look over some things and say, you know, I'm not exactly where I really want to be. Be, and that's okay to come to that conclusion. And I, I would say that there's probably seven areas of your life that would be really good for you to set some goals in. So if you haven't done it, you may, you may walk out of here with a little bit of vision for your life. If you do that, oh, I would be so excited for you in 2022. So how about this? Um, you should set some goals for your family. You know, if you, you know, maybe brothers or sisters and, or kids or some goals for your family, that could be good. Set some goals for your career. That would be a good one. Yeah? No. Yeah? No one cares about that. Okay. Uh, spiritual life? Okay, so 40% of you are going to be so blessed if you do that. You know, like, I, I can say I was overwhelmed with the response this morning. It's all right, we're going to get, going to get there. Um, what about your financial life? Good to have some goals there. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you're actually going downhill. <laughs> Set no plans for your finances this year. Just don't even worry about it. It'll take care of itself. Please, for the love of God, don't do that. Uh, uh, what about socially? What about, so? oh, come on. This year, you should definitely have some social plans, right? Like I'm going to start to reconnect with people. I'm going to uh, build some friendships again. I, I, I'm going to uh, see people that I haven't seen for a long time. Some social plans, that'd be good. What about physical 
plans, like maybe some of that gym stuff. How many, how many would, would have physical plans for yourself this year? One person, one person. And um, yeah, come on, let's give Dan a round of applause. Well done, Dan. Well, maybe you should set some. Aren't you so blessed that you came to Bright Church today? Uh, what about some intellectual goals? What about some things that you think you should just grow in? Maybe some things you think you should, you should learn? Maybe I should not have brought this up on January 2nd. You're like, just let us have a week first where we can recover from Christmas and maybe by next Sunday we'll have some goals around this, right? If you set goals, I think they're good. I think it's healthy. I think it's a great idea. You've got to have vision for your life, right? You get, you, you're, going, you're going to end up at the end of the year anyway, right? So, so you're going somewhere. You might as well plan it out. You may, have have, may as well have a little bit of perspective, right? But even if you plan it, I want to say in 2022, even if you plan it, it is so easy to just get off track and end up in a place that you do not want to be. It's easy, especially if you set no direction for your life, you're going to end up somewhere, but you might not end up in a place that you want to be. And the destination at the end of this year is really important. We went to the beach this week, um, our family, and um, one of the places that we love to go to is Half Moon Bay. And they have like a, a cafe that's on the beach. You can get some lunch there. It's a beautiful place. And, and so we, you know, got in the car. And just before we took off, we're thinking, oh, we don't really know which way to go from here. What's the quickest way? So I, I put it into Apple Maps and said Half Moon Bay. And, you know, the, the destination with all the numbers and, and, you know, it all popped up on the screen, but the numbers ran out off the screen. So I couldn't really see. But I was like, yeah, that looks like Half Moon Bay. So I said, I just said yes. And I clicked on the button and it said, and, and the voice in the car, Siri, she said, directing you to Half Moon Bay, California, United States. And what was astonishing to me is that it had picked a route. And I'm not so sure that I should trust Apple Maps anymore because I don't know how we were supposed to get in our car and drive from where we were in Wonga Park all the way to California. How many of you know that if we had tried to follow that map, that destination, we would have ended up in some trouble. We would have ended up in the ditch. We would have ended up in the water and it wouldn't have been healthy for us. We're like, oh, delete, 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 you know, reprogram this thing, right? Your heart can be a little bit like Apple Maps where it programs a destination. And if you don't take stock and, and take check of what's happening inside of your heart at the beginning of this year, you might just chart a course for a destination that you don't want to end up in. I, I don't know if I could overemphasize this enough. Where you go this year and what you do this year in 2022 will have so much to do with your heart. Like it will significantly impact what happens in your life this year. Do you know the, the Hebrew word for heart is leb? And if you, you've been at Bright Church for longer than 12 months, you might note this. We did a series on the heart last year, but, but the word heart, the Hebrew word is leb. And here's what it means. We know that it's a, a muscle that pumps blood around your body, but actually what it meant when the Hebrew people would write about it is it meant your inner self. It meant your inclination. It meant your desires, like what you really want. It means your disposition, your determination, your courage, your will, all of that. When the Hebrews would write about the heart, that's what they meant. 
And this will impact your journey this year so much. And if, if I could just give maybe a little bit of advice, I would say be very careful about allowing your heart to charter a course for your life this year. Just, 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 it might select something good for you, I don't know, but it has this habit of selecting things that are not so good for you. Just a little bit of advice. Your heart has the ability to make dumb decisions and double down on them. And if you just listen to your heart all of the time, it's so romantic, isn't it? Just listen to your heart. No, what, are you crazy? Do you know what the scriptures say about your heart? It says it's deceitful at times. It will lie to you, you know? And if you listen to that, it can make dumb decisions for you. It can lead you in wrong directions. And, and here's what you need to know. Your, your heart has the power to rule your feelings. To rule your feelings. And so often the decisions that we make in life, they come out of our feelings, how we feel. And uh, let me explain it to you like this. Your heart has the ability to get offended. Astonishing, isn't it? I wouldn't ask you if you've been offended in the last 12 months. I would rather ask you how many times have you been offended in the last 12 months? Because I suggest that you, you have. Everyone's been offended about something at some point. And, and, and if your heart has the ability to rule your feelings, right, and, and you're offended, what if you charter a course for your life this year out of the offense that you're carrying from last year? What you're going to end up with is a reaction to what happened last year instead of a deliberate decision about where to end up. And we don't want to react to things that have been happening in our lives. We want to respond to things that are happening in our lives. Reactions can be rash. Responses are more calculated. If you charter a course for your life out of, out of what's happened in the last, you know, maybe week, maybe couple of weeks, right? And it's all about your emotional disposition. Oh, I don't know if things will go so well for you. Your heart has the ability to get angry. You know, and. Let's face it, the last 12 months, we had, we had a, plenty of things to get angry about. But what if I make plans for this year over my whole life out of a reaction to the anger that I'm carrying from last season? If I do that, I'm probably not going to end up in a good place. I mean, don't get me wrong, your, your heart can do some good things too. Like your heart has the ability to fall in love. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful, right? Yeah, but uh, come on. It's only beautiful if you fall in love with the right things though, isn't it? Because yeah. I've discovered that people can fall in love with the wrong things. And you know what? It's, it's what you really want. And, and even if you've got ideas about this year, your heart has this way of overpowering you in, in, in some way. It has the ability to if you don't take stock of, of where you're at. So we need to be careful that we don't fall in love with the wrong stuff and allow what we love, if it's, if it's wrong, to charter a course for our lives. And the reason why I, I think all of this is so important is your heart has a direct communication line to your vision, to what you see in your future. Your heart will often just speak straight to it and then you see it out of what you feel. I think that so often we can, we can struggle with this. That's why sometimes when God calls people to do things, they're like, I don't want to do it. Why? Because they don't feel like it. I don't feel like doing that. I don't, feel, I don't want to feel like submitting to, to, to your plans for my life. What's happening there? Well, our heart is probably just in love with something else. And that's the thing that we really want to go after. So if you're making plans 
for 2022. You need a filter for your heart. You need, you need to put it through a filter. Just before you make plans, you need to put your heart through a filter. And it happens to be that Jesus has provided for us such a filter. And it's one line of Scripture. And if you were to take this one line of Scripture, it's just one verse. And if you were to take this one line of Scripture and apply this to your life for 2022, I think that we might change some of the plans that we currently have for our future. If you were to apply this one line of Scripture, it might radically change the direction that you were heading in, alter the destination that you're in. And it's such a well-known Scripture. And despite the fact that it's so well-known, it can be so easily ignored. That's Matthew 6.33. What what, do you know it? But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, right? What are the things? Oh, that's all the stuff that we want. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. That is a priority issue. That's a priority issue. Just to give you the context because I've just given you one line of Scripture, but I want to make sure you understand what came before it and what came after it in this passage of Scripture. What's happening here? Jesus is preaching either the greatest and longest message that He's like ever preached, right? It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's a, it's a massive, massive message, or it is a collection of things that He said. And thank God, by the way, that Matthew wrote down what was so important and precious to Jesus, because if we know what mattered to Him, we will know what should matter to us. And so Matthew writes it down. He says, you said a lot of things, Jesus, in your life, but I'm definitely getting down this. And the overarching emphasis of the entire passage, just so we got a little bit of context, is that He's saying to His disciples, to His disciples, like not, not believers, but disciples. You guys understand that there is a difference between people that believe and people that follow. So, so followers, disciples are followers. They follow after Him. And He's saying to His disciples, those that are following Him, He's saying to them, I want you to give your undivided allegiance to the kingdom of God. That is the big idea of the entire passage. I want you to give your undivided allegiance to the kingdom of God. See, here's really his point. It's okay to want some stuff and maybe you do want a lot of stuff in life. Maybe some of the things that you want are some of the things that you have vision for this year. I, I, I hope that my business is more successful. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Great to have that kind of vision in your life. Great to have some purpose. But Jesus' point was not that you shouldn't have those things. He didn't say seek only the kingdom of God. He said, just seek it first. It's a priority issue. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. And I think that the overarching emphasis is if you are a follower of Jesus, then vision Personal vision, even for you yourself, your personal vision begins with a heart for the kingdom of God. I'll just say it again. I just want to make sure you got that part. Personal vision begins with a heart for the kingdom of God. 
It's unimaginably important. If we were to apply Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then the plans that we have for our lives would not, it wouldn't say that we get rid of all those other things. They're great to have. But the first thing that we would do is we'd start to set some focus around the kingdom of God. You think about it. When Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray in your Bible, it was probably says in there, the Lord's Prayer. It's not really the Lord's Prayer. It's more of the disciples' prayer because he was teaching them how to pray. And so how does it start? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. What is that prayer about? Well, if you're new to church and you think that that is the prayer, how long could it possibly take to say that? 20 seconds. Like if you're a, if you're a fast talker, maybe 10 you could run through that whole thing. I hope you're not waking up in the morning feeling like you've got some great connection by reciting some words that were in there. It's a template for prayer. It's something that we're meant to unpack as we go. So something more like this, our Father who's in heaven. What does that mean? He is in heaven and I am here. I see Him in perspective to me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I bring glory to your name. You are significant. You are powerful. You are mighty. Hallowed be your name. And then before I get to my shopping list of requests for 2022 about my money and my health and my gym habits and my poor eating plan that hasn't been followed for the last three months and I'm really feeling it right now before any of that stuff right what does he say before I ask for any of the things that I think are really important your kingdom come he preaches seek first the kingdom of God and when he prays he prays the kingdom of God and it's always first it's most important it's most prominent let me ask you a question today how prominent is the kingdom of God in the plans and vision you have for your life if you made any New Year's resolution, how prominent is the kingdom of God in the plans and purposes and the vision that you have for your life? Because what could be really sad, and it's possible, is that you get to the end of this year and achieve everything you set out to do and still fail to accomplish God's plan that He had for you. And you could walk away at the end of this year feeling successful because your heart charted a course that led you to a destination right? and you just missed the plans that God had for you. How prominent is the kingdom of God in the plans that you have for your life? Wouldn't it be sad to succeed at all of the wrong things in life and then not even know about it? So perhaps if we talk about the areas that would be really great to set plans for in your life, I'm going to add a, a, a twist to it this morning and I'm hoping that you will leave with homework. So there are seven areas that you should set plans for in your life. All right. Well, when it comes to the issue of family or the topic of family, what kingdom plans do you have for your family? What kingdom plans do you have for your family? I wonder if that's a thought that we've even had. Like what God, in other words, how would I flesh that out? Let me take it out of the stratosphere and make it very practical. God, what would you want to do in my family this year? Because that's really what the kingdom is, right? As part of it is His will being executed on planet earth. So God, 
What are the plans you have for my family this year? How many of you pray for your family all the time, even to get something that God's got? You know, get it from Him so you can give it to them. How prominent is the kingdom of God when it comes to your family life? Do you think about that? Oh, what about this one? Your career. God, I, I had an idea that this is where I wanted to go with my life. But, but by all means, what are the kingdom plans that you've got for me? What are the kingdom plans you've got for my career? You know, I remember this when I was younger. I was in a job that I absolutely hated. I wanted to get out of it. I, I prayed to God about it. And you know, God said to me, nope, you're not ready to leave just yet. I'm accomplishing things in this season that you will need this job for. And even though it was difficult and even though it was hard, I stuck with it. I didn't feel like it. Thank God my decisions weren't ruled by my heart and my feelings. Because I tell you, if my heart was in charge, I would have quit that job months earlier. But I stuck with it. What has God got for you in terms of your career this year? Do you commit it to Him? Do you pray about it? Do you give Him authority over the destination of your career? Just how much power are you willing to give God in your life? I'm not saying that He's not sovereign, but you can work with Him or you can try to work without Him. And it doesn't always work when we do it the other way around. How prominent is the kingdom of God when it comes to your career? How prominent is the kingdom of God in your life? What about your spiritual life? God, what do you want to do in this season of my life? You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm serving, or maybe you're not serving. Is it time? Well, on behalf of Bright Church, yes, it is. Because let me tell you, let me tell you a, a little home truth. Coming back from COVID, right, there is a decrease in our volunteers. So let this be, yep, it's a word from God. Start to volunteer, everyone. Right? We could really use your hope and help. And to everyone who's watching online, we're counting on you too. Join, amen. All right? God, what do you want to do in my life this year? What do you, what do you, what's the journey I'm on? What are, you, what are you teaching me? How can I lay down my life? How can I be a living sacrifice this year? What about your, your finances? What about your, your, your wealth? How prominent is the kingdom of God in your finances? God, this is what I have. What would you want me to do with this? Wow. <laughs> what a question. Rather than saying, well, I've got house payments and I've got you know, school fees and I've got bills and then we have, you know, we like to eat out and, you know, we have this and, and, and uh, there's sport and, you know, all the rest of it, right? Now, God, um, what I've got left over is about this. How would you like to use that? I guess that's one way you could do it, but that wouldn't really be Matthew 6.33, would it? <laughs> Ooh, quiet. Prickly. It's always, it's always prickly around finances, hey? God, this is what I've got. What would you have me do with it? What do you want me to do? And maybe it is that he says to you, you're fine, just keep doing what you're doing. And that's great, but maybe he wants to do something different. Do you have kingdom plans for your finances? Yeah. Do you have kingdom plans for your social life? I know we've been used to lockdown, but if you stay in your, 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 your house all day and you don't get out and see some people, it's going to be really hard to fulfill the Great Commission, yeah. to go out and preach the good news. I mean, the gospel is a great and powerful message. Come on, Jesus died on the cross. He gave his life for this cause. That is such a powerful message that he loves the 
people. He loves the world and he, he died on the cross to pay the penalty for their sins. Come on, that's, that's worth sharing, right? So, so God, do you have any plans for my social life? I get a little bit uncomfortable about meeting new people. All right. Can you, can you get a little bit uncomfortable for the kingdom of God? Oh, boy. Maybe I should have saved this message for week two so you come back again. What about your physical body? You've got to get some health things in order. You eat too much, you drink too much of whatever you want. God, what do you want me to do this year? Now, seriously, I, I, I've got to maintain this thing because I plan on being around doing a lot of ministry for a long time. So if, I, if I'm going to live this life out, this, this needs to be kind of healthy. So I, I, I need to get some things right, get that meal plan happening. Just preaching to myself now. What about intellectually? What if God wants to do something with you in about five years time, but you need to start studying it now? Where should I be growing this year, God? And I'm not even talking about the Bible. I'm just talking about, you know, areas and, and things that God wants you to learn and, and grow in. And it's actually that in the future, in about five years time, he's going to use that to redeem some things for the kingdom of God. But you've got to be leaning in and listening and have that spiritual life thing in order so you hear him and then you do what he says. You've got to get a kingdom vision for your life. And then I would, I would tell you this next part. And only because I love you and I care about you, you should expect that that kingdom vision will encounter opposition. You should expect that it's going to encounter some opposition. You know, it's, it's, got, it's got an enemy. It's going to have an enemy. It's like, like chocolate is the enemy of your fitness goals or your diet plan, your meal plan. Or at this time of year, for me, it's gingerbread. You know, I could just eat a whole house, like, li <laughs> like literally. And, 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 and it gets in the way, right? Or, or you're working and, and you know you need to see something through, but Instagram is the enemy of your productivity. I'll oh, just see what's happening and then I'll come back to it. And then you, you, you lose your track of thought. Every time you get a vision to do something meaningful, have you discovered that there is an enemy that's trying to just stop it? See, once your heart is the right destination, you should expect it to be incentivized to quit. Incentivized to quit. You know, when we talk about um, opposition and the enemy coming against kingdom plants, oftentimes we think about it in the area of combat. We're going to fight against the enemy. Can I tell you that oftentimes it doesn't come in the form of combat, but more in the form of convenience or comfort. Convenience and comfort, comfort that's, your, that's your enemy this year. You're making plans, but you know, so you, you make plans, hey, I'm gonna go to the, get up and go to the gym. It sounded like a great idea in summer, but let's just fast forward to June. And it's cold and it's raining outside and it's three degrees and you could just sleep another hour. You know, what, what are you going to do then? You make the goals in the seasons that are perfect conditions, but then when the conditions get more difficult, will you select convenience and comfort over the plans that you're making? You know, when Jesus started his ministry, just before he started his public ministry, he's about 30 years old and, and he goes down and he gets baptized by John the Baptist, you know. I guess we know what he does for a living. 
it's Baptist. And so he goes down and he sees John. John does his thing, baptizes him, and he comes up out of the water. And then what happens next? It says that the Spirit of God leads Jesus into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And I feel like for us, we would think, are you kidding me? That kind of, like, why is it? Maybe it wasn't the Spirit. Why would the Spirit lead him to a place where he would encounter opposition? You know, if we make decisions based on that, that can't be God. God would never lead me to a place where I encounter opposition. You're probably not making kingdom plans because the enemy, there are are two kingdoms, just two. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness will always try to stop the kingdom of God. So if you're making kingdom plans, expect some kingdom opposition from the other side. So here's Jesus and he goes out and it says that after 40 days, Satan came and he, and he tempted him. It actually calls him the tempter. Let me read it to you. Matthew 4, 3 to 11. And the tempter came. The tempter. Have you ever discovered that you can only be tempted when something is in your heart? You can't be tempted with something that you don't like. I'm never tempted by salt and vinegar chips. Don't like them? Don't want them. Would you like some? No. Give me some Pringles. You know, I'm going to get tempted. You can't be tempted by something you don't want. So when temptation comes, it comes in the form of something that might be in your heart. So what does it say? Oh, the tempter came and he says to him, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Why would that be appealing to Jesus? Oh, because he's been fasting for 40 days. So I imagine he's pretty hungry around about this point. But Jesus answers and he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He uses some scripture. But the thing is, is that the devil knows the Scriptures too. So he says, I see where you're going with this. So he says, all right, let's do some Scripture. In verse 5, it says, The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now he starts to quote some Scripture back at Jesus. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. But Jesus understands the framework and context, not of pulling those scriptures out of context, but he provides some context for the devil says again, uh, sorry, in verse seven, Jesus said, again, it's written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Now I've read that scripture for many years and I remember years, years ago I was reading it and I, I got to that part where it said that the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a hill. And I thought, how did he do that? How did he do that? I mean, there are times when people are whisked away from one place to another. How did the devil get him from where he was? Wasn't he in the desert? Do you remember? It's not a complicated story to follow everybody. Like he was in the desert and then it says the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And I thought, how did he get up there? Did he, like, was he rock climbing? Like how did he get up there? And, and then I realized, right, that he didn't physically go there. What did he have? Vision. A counterfeit vision. 
you notice that the devil can take you somewhere in your mind, give you something in your, your mind that's actually could be tempting because he knows it's already in your heart. And so he takes him there, he gives him a vision for something else, but he passes the tests and it says in verse eight, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. How did he get up there? A very high mountain, gosh, he was exhausted, fasting, 40 days, 40 nights. How did he get up to that high mountain? Well, it must have been a very high mountain because he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. Well, how did he do that? How high could he have possibly been? Well, he wasn't physically there. What did the devil give him? Give him a vision. A vision. I will give you a vision. Look at all of this. You could have all of this. Verse 9, it says, And he said to him, All these I'll give to you if you fall down and worship me. You know that when the devil wants to give you anything, he's taking something better. He never gives anything for free. And if he does, it's to ruin your life. So if you look like you're getting a good deal, he's taking something else. He says, all these things I'll give to you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus says, be gone, Satan. For it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. I love that Jesus always uses scripture because you got to think about it he is the word incarnate so he could have just made up his own thing and it would have been scripture like literally everything he says right because he is the word he could have just said no nah, i'm not doing that we would have said see he says nah don't do it you know it's biblical jesus said it it's the word but I love that Jesus is reading Deuteronomy. He says, I will quote back to you the words that have been written. He can use what's already been written and recite it back to the enemy, even in the Old Testament and confound him. And what happens in the end, it says, then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and were ministering to him. If you read the account of Luke, it says, and the devil left him until an opportune time because he's always looking for an opportunity to give you a counterfeit vision for your life. He would love to set a vision for your life that would satisfy the desires of your heart if it means that you don't have kingdom vision for your future. He would love to give you that. Because even for Jesus, personal vision began with a heart for the kingdom of God. Even for Jesus, He said, no. I'm not about all of that stuff. I am only about what God wants. It's Him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you see how powerful your heart is? Your heart has the power to influence your destination. What is the most, you know, in the Old Testament, there was a commandment that was considered to be the greatest commandment. And what is it? Deuteronomy 6.5 You shall love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. You should love the Lord God. Why do you think that the most important commandment says that you're supposed to love God with all of your heart? That He should have all of your affection that He should be first, that the Kingdom of God should be prominent. The reason why is because if God's got your heart, then He's got your vision or you've got His vision for your life. If He's got your heart, then everything else will just come out of that. And the Kingdom of God will be prominent in the plans you have and the areas that you should be setting goals 
It'll be the thing that you care about most. It'll be the thing that you focus on most. Matthew 6, 33. So what should we do? Seek first the kingdom of God. Can I have other stuff? Absolutely, you can have other stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible never said only pursue the kingdom of God. You can't have other goals. No, it just said seek the kingdom of God first. So you look over the goals that you have, the plans that you have, the vision that you've got for your year. And I ask you this morning, before we really kick off this year, do you have kingdom vision for your life? Do you have kingdom vision for your family? Do you have kingdom vision for your finances? Do you have kingdom vision for your spiritual life? Do you have kingdom vision for your intellectual life? Do you have kingdom vision for all of these areas? God, what do you want me to do? Here's my life. I, I, I'm an open book, God. You write what you wanna write on my life. And I'll be the kind of person that seeks first your kingdom above everything else. Every, all the other stuff, it can just fall in behind that. It's whatever you want first. Why don't we do this for just a moment? Why don't you close your eyes? Father, I pray for every single person who's making plans this year. And, and maybe God, they haven't made plans because it is only Jan 2nd. They're thinking about, what do I really want to do this year? But I pray, God, that in all the plans that they have, that the kingdom of God would be preeminent, that it would be prominent, that it would be first, the things that we want would be second, and that God, we would give you every opportunity to speak into our lives, that we'd get that spiritual life thing happening because it becomes the key to all the other things that are in our lives. Father, I pray for every single person that God, that you begin to pour out over their lives, that you start to give them kingdom vision over their futures. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you do have plans, that you do have purposes. Lord, for those that feel like they have no idea where they're going, should they even bother making plans? Oh, yes. God says, yes, you should make plans for this year because He's the Lord God Almighty. God, I thank you that you're moving in the life of your people this morning. And I pray, God, that our hearts would just awaken to everything that you want to do in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.